and welcome to the eighth episode of Sweet T and D. Welcome to the podcast where we're twenty monsters away from pre diabetes. Wow. <laughs> I told you it would get real. Bleak. Bleak, dark, <laughs> sweet, antique. So why is it only thirty episodes? Twenty. This is twenty episodes away. Roll the tape back. <laughs> so twenty eight okay, so why twenty eight? <laughs> Twenty, because I made this tea and I know yeah, exactly what it in is. It. So, so sweet. It is. I didn't measure it. <laughs> that was about right. Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yep. So yeah, twenty. It's sneaking up on us. So let's see how far we can make it. All right, we'll see if we can make it through my first monster. Do it. Uh, today I'm doing an animated object. It's the flying sword, and. I've only seen the rug of smothering, so I, I, every time I like flipped past the sword in the monster manual, which is on page twenty, by the way, um, I, I was like, what the hell? This looks so weird. How is this a monster? How is this something that attacks you in a dungeon? And I still don't know. I've never seen it used or used it myself. But what they say is that this is something that's been had magic casted on it and been told to do something. They say that Faye creatures who make them they sometimes gain like a personality but for the most part they're just like robots they just do what they're told to do and then they're gone um but it also did say it it tries to carry out the last directive it was given so i just think that's pretty interesting you could find it and its last directive was to kill the redhead and it just kills someone random they normally use these traps in well decorated places for example, like the sword would be hanging on a mantle, mm. and that's what triggers it. As you enter this room, you're not supposed to be in. So there's like rugs would wrap people up, armor would attack you, and stuff like that. I mean, I've seen the I've seen the armor. We mm-hmm. did the armor in oh gosh, a million years ago. It wasn't this armor Tyranny either. Of Dragony. It was yeah, it was the other one. Uh, uh helm. Um, dum 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 dum. <laughs> but it wasn't it wasn't animated I'll look it up armor. Where you talk. It was some it was like armor but it had a different name. I forgot what the heck it was called. Anyway, um they they just do what they're told to do and if they go to zero hit points, the spell on them ends helmed and then horror. helmed horror. There we go. And they you can't use them. So you'd have to restore it and then put more magic in it to get it to work again once you destroyed it. Cool story, right? Um so a flying sword is a small construct. They have no alignment. They just do as they're told. It has 17 hit points. Uh, it has an armor class of 17 and zero speed because it's a sword. <laughs> <laughs> but it flies at 50 feet as a hovering. That son of thing. a bitch grew legs. I would, <laughs> that's some adventure time bullshit. It reminds me of uh, Rick and Morty with the uh, the pencil. <laughs> and it just has little legs coming out of it. And I just think. What is your funny. purpose? You pass butter. <laughs> <laughs> it's so sad. What if you had an animated sword to cut butter? It would that would be so sad. That's his existence. Maybe an animated letter opener. Oh, yes. Animated letter opener. And and it makes all your bills go Same. away. Oh. <laughs> I don't why would my that's a sad song. <laughs> the song of my bills. Pay <laughs> me what you owe me. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> It comes out like a howler, and it just screams at you. Ah! Chase Bank, bitch, better have my money. You're overdrawn. <laughs> Harry, did you put your name in the goblet of fire? 
calmly, calmly, <laughs> calmly. <laughs> it's like my it's my favorite meme of Harry Potter. It's with all those of Dumbledore and Goblet Harry. Of fire. <laughs> Dumbledore and Harry and the Goblet of Fire. That's my favorite thing. Fire. Anyway, um, it's not really good at anything. I mean, it has a one charisma. It's, it's not a good looking sword. <laughs> the craftsmanship I'm is so shitty. I'm not sexually attracted to the sword. Well, it wasn't made by an ironsmith. It was made by a caster. And their weak asses can't hold the hammer <laughs> to, like, to, to forge it correctly. <laughs> They're more just like iron clubs with a spell on it than they are actual swords. <laughs> um, let me see. It's immune to poison or psychic damage. It... Its condition immunities are blinded, charmed, deafened, frightened, paralyzed, and petrified or poisoned. It has blind sight to 60 feet, but after that, it's uh, blind. And it has a passive perception of 7. It doesn't know any languages, which it doesn't even say understands languages. It just says <laughs> there's a little dash when it says languages. So how does it know what to do when you tell it? That's you my cast question. a spell on it, I guess. I guess the magic, yeah. The yeah, magic you, would be what... The magic tells it what to do. Yeah, I guess. Ruins... So you couldn't just whisper Stars, sweet nothings. Not <laughs> you couldn't just whisper sweet nothings at the sword and be like, "Go kill that guy." It has to be like an actual spell. Um, so, would like cutting words and stuff like that not work? That's a, uh, does that's it a good say, question. What senses does it say it has? It has blind sight. Conditions does it say deafened? Uh, conditioned immunities are blinded, charmed, deafened, frightened, paralyzed, petrified, and poisoned. Right, so it's Were you not listening? I just said It's this. still technically in here, so vicious mockery <laughs> works. It is, if it doesn't say blinded or deafened in the conditions, then it is fine. Because it has to be able to hear you for vicious mockery. Oh. But the sword apparently can hear with no fucking ears. But if it doesn't understand the language... It doesn't it does say languages speak. There's often times it'll just say speak or spoken, but psychic damage. Like, I could just scream nonsense at you and still hurt your feelings. <laughs> little, 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 little. <laughs> ah, 1d4 psychic. Uh, this is a good thing for some of our listeners to message us about. What do you think? Do you think that an animated object, does it, could it take that type of damage or do that type of damage? What do you think of this conundrum of. Ooh. The spells of a flying sword or other animated object. Anywho, um, it says it has anti-magic susceptibility. So if it's targeted by dispel magic, it has to do a con save. But if it comes into an anti-magic field, it stops working. Um, and it has false appearance while it's motionless and it's not flying. <laughs> like how they how threw is that it in there. Flying and motionless. <laughs> I guess it could be like just stuck in the air. I'm sorry, like, like if, if I it, saw a sword stuck in the air, I would question it. Like, ooh, what's up with that shit? I want you to roll an intelligence save. <laughs> that would be really funny. Anyway, while it, it's motionless and not flying, it's indistinguishable from another sword. Even like though it's those, crafted real shitty. Those other swords that hover in the air for no reason. Shh, shh, shh. Don't look at it. <laughs> don't make eye contact. I know it doesn't have eyes, but don't make it. It just um, there was a sword in Harmon Quest that was kind of like it, it spoke, right? It was the first season sword, and one of the characters. Yeah, it. I know. It's just this is what it made me think and I of. I cannot remember their name. You could totally Google that and I'll keep Google talking. It. Do it. Um, the last one is its only action because it's a sword. <laughs> it's a melee weapon attack. Um, on a hit, it does five slashing damage as a plus three to it. 
there's not a lot of lore on this because you would have to make your own as a DM as to the origins of flying swords. I just, I just imagine like a Game of Thrones type hall that just has swords all up and down this bitch, and now you have to pass through it. Or like a whole bunch of those like ornamental armors. That yeah. Swords. Yeah. So that was Rhea Butcher as James Dean, the enchanted spirit of a spectral paladin within a sword found by Saw. Sorry, there's a lot of weird names in here, and if you haven't watched Harmon Quest, I highly recommend it. It's on Verve. Yes. But it is uh, an enchanted spirit of a spectral paladin within a sword found by Fondue in the Stone Saw Mills. It's a very handsome sword. It's James Dean. So, um. <laughs> the way they animate it, it's like very charismatic looking sword. Very gold, I think. I think it's um, gold. But their Christmas only one. Yep. If you're a if you're a flying sword. Yeah, and I think it ends up inside a Manticore's asshole. It does something. It goes out in a great way, as all guest stars do. In a Manticore's asshole. Quest. Okay, so that's mine. What 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 you got for me? So I'm going to talk about troglodytes, which is a so for I'm those. It does, but it is not. And my favorite thing is the definition. What would you do for a troglodyte bar? <laughs> <laughs> You're going to know that you do not want to touch the troglodyte bar when I'm finished with the description. But if you want the most up-to-date version of it, oh, say it. No. Just say it. <laughs> no. <laughs> so a troglodyte, in current definition, is a person who lives in a cave, a hermit, or a person who regard is regarded as being deliberately ignorant or old-fashioned. So remember to use this slang term or insult to your friends, you troglodyte. <laughs> They all laughed at me. <laughs> just picture some like slightly racist troglodyte just holding on to old forgotten things. So a troglodyte can be found on page 290 of the Monster Manual. It was first released in the first edition. Uh, they generally fight below or their... You're welcome for that. Uh, they generally fight between their own tribes, so they are mainly considered nuisances when they are staging raids against other people to steal their food. They are savage degenerates, and they squat in the depths of the Underdarks and are in constant war with their neighbors and each other. They mark their borders with cracked bones and skulls with pictographs painted in blood and dung. My kind of artist. Uh, they're kind of like goats, so they can eat anything they can stomach. Uh, they live in filth, much like teenagers, and the walls of their cavern homes are smeared with grime, oily secretions, and debris of their foul feasts. Everything has to be lubricated. I know. I am so sorry. It's just how it works. The reason I'm talking we about We won't these... kink shame you <laughs> on your podcast. <laughs> the reason I'm talking about these is because they are one of the common thralls for mind flayers. And I have a theme. So um, their physical description, which I'm going to have Jamie get ready to draw. Did you draw? A sword. Let me draw a sword real quick. <laughs> Listen here, you, you bitch. You draw that damn sword. Give me that I'll thing. draw a sword in a second. So, should I go trace it? Would you prefer I did that? Look, I'm man, how about you and your bottle of Vaseline go have like a private moment while you get rid of all this hostility you're putting towards me, okay? Should I trace the sword for this drawing, though? I have the giant graph paper. So... What does your ready? fucking monster look like? <laughs> so you troglodyte, uh, troglodytes were, rept were reptilian humanoids, shorter than a human, with spindly but muscular arms and squat legs. They also have long, long, slender tails. 
The stench of an angry or frightened troglodyte was so foul that it has sickened all other creatures nearby, even after the troglodyte is dead. They have four claws, including one long middle-ish claw. It doesn't have a middle because there's not an odd number, but you get the idea. In 5e, they have spines covering their back. They are just lizard people, but scarier and bigger. They are humanoid, meaning they're bipedal, so they do walk on two leggy legs. Stop looking. I'm saying. At my drawing. I'm just talking about them. And just talk. All right. Do you want me to show my drawing? I have a picture of a sword somewhere. <laughs> Did you draw mine? A sword? Yeah. There's a little bit of salt going on here. Yeah, there's a lot of it. Okay, so flavor text. <laughs> salt. You got it. Uh, they are simple-minded brutes with a communal culture devoted to procuring food. Uh, they are too simple, however, to plan more than a few days in advance. So they'll get enough food and hoard it. And then when they're finished, they're like, oh, shit, we got a raid again. We don't have any more food. What are we going to do? Grow it? No. Uh, they love hunting creatures weaker than themselves and show no mercy towards those who are captured and returned to their lairs to be eaten. The largest one leads the tribe. However, if they show any weakness, they are attacked and killed by their comrades and replaced by a stronger leader. And a fun feeding frenzy. Uh, they make little... Uh, and build less and scavenge for their supplies and take their possessions off their prey. They know the value of metal weapons and armor and fight each other to possess it, and tribes can be torn apart over a single long sword. Maybe it's animated. Maybe I've drawn it. Uh, <laughs> they are devoted to Laogzed, a fat toad lizard, also me, that slumbers in the abyss. Same. Uh, he offers nothing to them except aspiration. He wants his troglodytes to be as well-fed as he is. And that's what their goal is, to be as fed as their fat god. Stat-wise, they are medium humanoid chaotic evil creatures with an AC of 11 given their natural armor. They have an HP uh, basic stat of 13 and a max of 20. They have a speed of 30 feet, a plus 2 to strength, plus 0 to dex, plus 2 to con, minus 2 to intelligence, plus 0 to wisdom, minus 2 to charisma. They're ugly. They are not proficient in any saves, and they have a stealth of plus 2. They have dark vision up to 60 feet with a passive perception of 10. Their language is known? Troglodytes. That's it. They have their own language. It's very guttural, I guess. I don't know. They have chameleon-like skin, which gives them advantage when hiding. Uh, they have a powerful stench. Any creature other than a troglodyte that starts its turn within five feet of the troglodyte must succeed on a DC 12 con save or be poisoned till the start of the creature's next turn. On a success, the creature is immune for one hour. They are sensitive to sunlight, so it has disadvantage on attacks roll and perception checks while in direct sunlight. And they get three attacks, and their CR is one quarter. They get one bite and two claws. However, they have a plus four to hit for all of those attacks, but they only do 1d4 plus two damage on each one. So low damage output, a lot of swings to hit your players. Uh, their tactics, I would say, are um, they're not very intelligent, given that they have a negative two modifier. Uh, but they are merciless, and they take pleasure in hunting. So I see them kind of charging the party taking over especially if they're working for a thrall or they are thralls they'll just fight until the bitter end however if they're under their own control or their own volition they are just trying to find food so i think it would be interesting if they took on a few of the party members took them into their um home slash dunghill i guess and was going to eat them and so if you could find a way to convince them to fight each other you'd probably be better off i think there'd be a good role-playing experiences for your players to try to get their way out of this even though they don't speak troglodyte um when i read these i always kind of confused them with trilobites which are marine uh, arthropods 
They're like the old things you always find in like fossils. Uh, and it translates to three lobes. You're welcome for that information. I learned that today too. I don't know what it means. The I think like the closest thing you can think of would be like a horseshoe crab, mm-hmm. which fun fact about horseshoe crabs. We stopped using them this year. Oh, really? Do you know what we used them for? No, I don't. Tell me more. Do you want to learn about horseshoe crabs? Welcome to D&D and Sweet D- Fuck, Sweet Tea and D&D. <laughs> so horseshoe crabs were used to test if there were bacteria on your medical equipment or medication. But we harvested their blue blood to do it. Yeah, they would be a harvest every time they would come on shore to mate. They would be like, nah, we need your blood. And they'd take their blood and they use it to test equipment. We finally made a synthetic a few years ago. And it's being implemented. So now you know. You're welcome. Hey, let's look at these drawings. It's just a fucking sword. <laughs> it is just a fucking sword. But oh, here, I'll make it better. I'll make it better. No, I'll you add don't. I'll sloosh lines because it flies. Or is it completely it immobile? Because and you're a dick. <laughs> I like that yours has smell lines, and I love it. it well, you said it was like a thing. It <laughs> Your home stinky. is like a half-assed pineapple from SpongeBob. You said it was made out of shit, so it's a little shit house. <laughs> so I don't have a brown. <laughs> The mild-mannered troglodyte. It's it looks great. like what the smack turtle would look like now. The what? <laughs> the honey smacks uh, frog. Oh said yeah, turtle frog. It looks like a very mild-mannered frog, but it would be. It would probably. It would be the weakest. They'd feed off of this one first. Maybe, um, but maybe he's a sociopath. Maybe he's. The <laughs> no one has that cute of a face and he's isn't the, killing puppies on the side. He's the Ted Bundy of oh. troglodytes. There's that, and then there was. They do have this hunting technique. Where they um, will leave piles of filth in their cave systems. Uh-huh. And so as the party passes by, they waft it towards them. And so they can smell it since they have really good smell. Oh. Keen smell. Really nice. good smell. They have really good smell. And they don't. They have a horrible smell. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, okay. That's great. It's yeah, just a fucking it's super. <laughs> Shut up. I hate you. <laughs> going to keep these together. So story time. Fucking sword. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving in all of the salt. I don't care. Good. Someone's gonna have a fucking stroke from a <laughs> heart disease. Okay, you were saying go on. I'm so interested. You're welcome. You're ready for the story. We've we've talked about this before in the past, but let's do this. So before in the past, yes. Before is the past. Time is a mystery. So, uh, this is a story of a reflection of how you should behave as a player and how you should try to rein in your players if you're a DM. So, uh, once again, while we were playing Adventures League, I think it was Tyranny of Dragons. You might be able to help on that one. I don't, I don't remember. remember. Who cares? Um, oh, but that's the only one we played at that store. Oh, yeah, because yeah. we murdered Flan. Oh, it took forever. Yep, it did. We were very slow. Plus, we only played, what, two? It started like seven to nine every night. Or not every, every night, every week. Wednesday. Yep. So two hours every week, unless you were on a holiday. So uh, we happen to have a new player at the table who was very excited to play. And that's great. We're happy to have new players there. We'd been playing there for probably a few months at this point. Mm-hmm. And um, it was, you know, he'd played before, but he was new to the group at the table who was there now because we kind of cycled through players. And he had played and he was coming back excited with his character. 
while playing, he was constantly interrupting other players and worse, the DM. Before the DM could finish what he was saying, he would run into a room and touch something at the first mention of it, often setting up a trap, breaking something. Did he do anything else that I can't remember? I think you're thinking of the wrong person. This person only played with us one time. Only played with us one time, but every single time he talked about something, the DM said something, he would run in the room and do something. Uh, uh, yeah. Or just damage things in the general area. So um, the first thing he did was break a sacrificial bowl. He just snapped it off of the uh, stand it was on and then tried to carry it around, which kind of ruined the whole bowl's point, which I think was to provide us with a boon for the next adventure. And then uh, he constantly broke other things around the room. He spoke over the party. He wouldn't let anybody say anything, and he would interrupt in the middle of your actions to say what his character was doing, which is a no-no. Let somebody Everybody has the spotlight on them at once at D&D, so you've got to take time for them. So... Um, he later enters a room, which was described as this nice sacrificial area or informal, not <laughs> ritualistic area mm-hmm. that had a knowledge deity on the wall and a statue holding a staff as well as scrolls and books everywhere. Before the DM could finish, he just says, I go grab the staff. So he runs up, grabs the staff without checking it for traps or anything. He grabs it and electrocutes himself to unconsciousness. Mm. And our cleric at the time, which was Jamie's character. That's me graciously spared the dying on him and for those who aren't familiar with the spell it's a contact spell unless you have some other modifier to give you range on it once you've cast it it takes 1d4 hours of time unless somebody gives them hit points some way else uh he rolled the d4 and he had three hours of in-game time before his character regained consciousness us at the table including the dm were like oh we can fast forward through this if we want to and the dm's like nope he's unconscious for three hours because he'd been trying to rein him in the entire night very very kindly it wasn't like you need to stop it was just hey consider the other players he didn't he was knocked unconscious and we dragged his body around for three hours in game until we solved the puzzle (laughs) great and my favorite part was (laughs) jamie was there we weren't using spells for anything. There was no spell requirement in there. No. That a cantrip wouldn't solve. So she could have easily been like, I give you health points. Nope. But just... I, I read the table and the table was just like, like... Leave him. Don't do it. He had a friend at the table who was playing with him who was voluntarily dragging his body around. I was like, you're nicer than we are. It was so funny though. But I was also a trickster cleric at the time. So it wasn't within my person's nature to heal someone who was being annoying. Yep. So I was like, no, you just get to lie there. Shh, go to sleep. Sleep. <laughs> that was also where we don't. Do you remember, like, further on in that, we had, to, there was a scroll that we had to, like, tell us, us back to. Do you remember oh, that? Oh, I had to tell a story to it. And we I remember had to tell what it, I did. Like, we had, no, we had to contribute knowledge. That's what it was. Yeah. So we had to tell a fun fact or tell a story or tell, do something and contribute knowledge to this scroll. That and was what like What did the you do as a cleric? I told it that smiles was an ingredient in goldfish. <laughs> snap that smiles back. It's like the second ingredient. First. Is it the first one? Smiles. It oh, says smiles. made with smiles. And then purpose flour. Colon. Enriched flour. <laughs> and, and enriched flour. Yeah. Yep. So smiles. That's what and I, that's what I wrote the entirety of Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. <laughs> You Rick rolled the scroll. I Rick rolled the scroll. It was great. I was the bard, and that was completely in character it was as well. So great. We sang some of it. it I sang a lot of it, probably too much, because the DM was like, "We're gonna knock you unconscious next." I'm like, "I'm not gonna <laughs> touch the staff." That was great times. 
that was like the golden era of Adventures, Adventures League, League for, us. Yeah. for us. Yes. And I think the best part about that whole staff situation though was it wasn't even magic. It had no magical properties. It was useless. It was just a trap to stop people from stealing. And he learned the hard way. So um, he did sit at the table because we still had about an hour left of that game before we finished. She's like, has it been yep. three hours yet? And no. we were just kind of like, <laughs> no, we've gone from one room to the other. And it only takes us a few seconds to investigate. I think the worst part was he was sitting. We were in a restaurant slash game store. And the tables were set where a whole side of the wall where most people sat are up against a wall and can't really leave unless we all take a break, exit and file out and everything. So he was kind of <laughs> stuck there for an hour just sitting at the table. So he did other things, though, if I remember correctly, and then like came back and checked and then left again yeah, and then came back like, and checked. Has it been three hours? Nope. Be back. <laughs> he went and played other stuff in the back of the store. So um, I would like to point out he was repeatedly warned by the DM. Oh, yes. This is all a story of our DM. Shout out to him. Hey, Stephen. Um, he was so great and patient and very nice and very, you know, all that good jazz. Um. He having children, being a college professor, and all this other stuff. He really knows how to try and control a group control of a group of people, and we very much children. Yeah, I wrote <laughs> never gonna give you up in a book. I was a child. <laughs> like there's there's no going back from that one. <laughs> so we're gonna tell you how we're feeling on Twitter. If you're interested, that was a Rick Roll joke. Hopefully you caught it. Uh, again, you can catch us on Twitter at Sweet Tea and D and D. Uh, our website is sweettndnd.simplecast.fm. And lastly, our Instagram is sweettndnd. Uh, I know we have a Facebook page. I'm we assuming do. It's, it's the same thing, yeah. Sweet tea and we D&D have a theme. too. <laughs> Can't be hard to find us. Google. Uh, so we're always open for your questions and comments. So what is our question for now? What was the question again? Something about a sword. Oh, it was because there's nothing by the languages in the sword. So... Is it affected by vicious mockery? Is it affected by spells like that? Things that have an auditory component where you have to say something and it has to respond to what's being spoken. Would those spells affect a flying sword? Yeah. Or other animated objects? Other animated objects. That one's fun. Yeah. So can you make a sword go crazy? Can I think that's really a bard thing. Bards, I feel, have more of those talking spells than other Mm -hmm. classes. So... Animated object versus a bard, you know, who's, who's going to win it? Depends which class the bard is in, but if it's like the lore bard, the sword will probably win. They are squishy as hell. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you like cloth and maybe medium armor. I can't remember where it stops, but you can't wear... Ugh, I don't remember. Valor bard gets better armor. That's for I, sure. I've, yeah, Valor Bard gets like chain shirt and higher, so like heavier stuff. I've never played anything other bards than Bards are those. fun. Bo- bards are so much fun. Sorry. I can't do Bards well. Anyway. Um, was that, uh, what? Hmm? Ah. Yeah. Yeah. Say bye. 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 <laughs>